Hey, this is Derek D Train He2. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Lawnmower 3.0. Son, what are you doing in here? Yeah, no, nothing. Did I hear you say manscape? Yeah. Son, take a seat. I was gonna wait till you were a little older to tell you about this. When I was about your age, I experimented with manscaping. Dad? That won't happen with the new Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. It's made with skin-safe technology to help reduce against nicks and cuts. You can even shave your gooch. What's a gooch? Head over to manscaped.com and get yourself the Lawnmower 3.0. Line Hockey Club, folks. We got another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club, episode 108 tonight, fellas. We've got all the usual suspects sitting in the house with us tonight. We have Patrick Uncle Lardy Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the IT guy, our local nerd on staff, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you mama then? And the all-around sports guru on the Blue Line Hockey Club, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, D-Train? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark but Dr. Morley. Oh, All right, folks, we got a special guest sitting with us tonight. We have uh, the trainer of the St. Lawrence Skating Saints up in Canton, New York, our hometown. Uh, he was also the uh, trainer for the New York Islanders back in the 80s when they won all the Cups. And uh, we've known Ron for a long time, and he's got quite the hockey history. So we're excited to talk to Ron tonight. How are you doing, Mr. Ron Waski? Well, we're doing well, doing well. Uh, thanks very much for uh, giving me a call and uh, chatting. It's great. Yeah, for sure. Your name, your name came up. Your name came up when we had Clark Gillies on uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, we thought, you know, what a great opportunity to, you know, get Ron on here and talk to him about his experiences that he had um, similar to um, Clark. So, uh, Ron's a he's a trainer at St. Lawrence University, like I said in the intro, and uh, all of us grew up there playing hockey as, as young kids and run around the rink uh, watching the St. Lawrence Skating Saints. And uh, how many years were you the trainer there, Ron? I was uh, I was the trainer for 26 years. I, uh, <laughs> I yeah I left the Islanders uh, in 1984 after we lost uh, to Edmonton in the uh, what we called the uh, the drive for the thumb we were trying to get that fifth ring but uh at that time i had decided that uh and i had the opportunity to go back to st lawrence uh, as the athletic trainer and so i retired and went back there and uh 26 years later uh it, it was a good run hey yeah ron you played at st lawrence is that correct Yes, I did. I uh, I started uh, at St. Lawrence in '65, and uh, back then we had to play freshman hockey, and so I played uh, one year of freshman and then three years of varsity. Now I, I heard something that uh, you might be the only player in NCAA history to play goalie and forward in the same game. Is that how that goes? I believe so. Uh, our first string <laughs> goaltender. Our first string goaltender dislocated his shoulder in December, and uh, we only had one uh, one backup goaltender. And uh, so I I wasn't uh, playing at the time. I was coming back off uh, surgery and uh, hadn't uh, made any of the forward lines. Uh, so I said, I'll practice. I'll be the goaltender. And Got to, uh, got to uh, go in there and uh, practice and help out the team. And then all of a sudden, uh, the backup goaltender had a few bad games. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm playing. <laughs> How, how'd you do? So, what's that? How'd you do? How did I do? I yeah, was 5-1. Yeah. and one. Five uh, and I was 5-8. Five, eight. Eight. five one and one I, I tied Clarkson. Uh, Three three and then one five in a row. Wow! And then the first string, 
then the first string goaltender came back and uh, I worked my way up to uh, one of the lines and uh, got to play forward. And uh, that year we uh, qualified to go to the ECAC uh, tournament in Boston and we go down to Boston and uh, John, the uh, number one goaltender, dislocates his shoulder in the first period. <laughs> wow. So uh, George Menard was the coach at the time. George uh, sent me into the locker room to get into my goaltending equipment, and uh, which I'd carried around every uh, every road trip, and uh, came back out and I got to play the second and third period against uh, Boston University. Unreal. That's how history is made, right there, huh? Yeah, that's right. I don't think I've I've never. I've never heard of anybody ever uh, doing it. Uh, you know, I know, uh, I think Shawnee Coakley uh, got to play uh, forward in one game, but it was, uh, yeah. it, he didn't start, he didn't start as a goaltender. He just, uh, they let him play one game as a forward. Yeah. I, I know yeah, that's, times in, go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. No, I, I was just going to say that, you know, sometimes in baseball, they'll take an outfielder or something like that, and he'll he'll pitch if they go into extra innings. But uh, nothing like uh, um, being a forward and then going into uh, the net. That's that's kind of – that doesn't happen at all. <laughs> Two different no, I don't think – well, you know, what happened – I'm not sure whether it was in North Carolina or in Toronto, but – the uh, they they put the uh, Zamboni driver. Oh yeah. yeah. Both goaltenders yeah. got hurt, and the Zamboni driver was the emergency backup goaltender for the uh, I think for Carolina, and uh, he ended up playing for Toronto. Yeah, yeah. he was uh, yeah. Toronto Marlies. Uh, what backup goaltender or not backup, but yeah, uh, emergency, emergency, emergency yeah. goal, yeah, emergency yeah. goaltender, and had to play yeah. for Carolina. That's right. Yeah, David Ayers yeah. is his name. He's a local legend down here in in Raleigh, North Carolina, where Pat and I. Oh, I, yeah. this, this is Rob. That's where Pat and Rob are. Is Raleigh? So he's oh, a, okay. Was a, a legend in the hockey world right now, but he's big time in Raleigh right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So well, that's uh, my claim to go ahead. Claim to fame. My claim to fame, right there. My well, in college, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't think there's many uh, many guys in Canton that have four Stanley Cup rings. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you, I'm uh, pretty sure you're the only one. You got those locked up pretty pretty secure, I'm sure. That's awesome. Let's talk about some of the uh, the times with the Islanders. Um, so how did you end up with the Islanders? Was that right out of school, or was that coming from a different college, or what was the path there? No, actually, it was coming from the minor leagues. Uh, I did my graduate work at uh, Bowling Green State University, and uh, that year they, were, they started their uh, intercollegiate hockey program. So I went out there as a grad assistant uh, athletic trainer and I worked with the hockey team and the coach of the uh, team went on to become the general manager for the old world hockey association, Cleveland uh, Crusaders. And he hired me, he hired me to be um, the trainer for the Jacksonville Barons in the American League. So that's where I started in pro hockey. And unfortunately, Florida hockey hadn't uh, worked out at all early on down there. Uh, so they folded after one year. And uh, I, uh, I had met uh, some of the uh, NHL trainers at uh, various – we used to play at the, the Boston Garden a lot. Uh, when we come up to play the uh, the uh, Bruins farm team, and uh, so they said that the Islanders were looking for a trainer, and uh, so I uh, called Bernie McKinnon, who was the freshman coach at St. Lawrence, 
And he put me in contact with uh, Bill Torrey. There you go. And uh, Bill Torrey was the general manager of the Islanders, and they just had hired Al Arbor that year. And so I interviewed with uh, Al Arbor and uh, came home. The next day they called me and said I had the job. Awesome. Yeah, uh, Bill. Bill was concerned. Uh, he didn't want to, you know, put any pressure on Al, so he didn't tell Al that I went to the same school as as Bill. But uh, you know, knowing, you know, it's like anywhere else. If you know people and uh, the contacts from St. Lawrence, uh, you know, are unbelievable. Uh, you know, across the uh, academic. Uh, board uh, and the uh, same in athletics uh, so uh al interviewed me and uh and away we went yeah one of the questions i wanted to ask you ron i mean back in the 80s with rock'em sock'em hockey um were you involved in stitching these guys up after fights uh, in between periods i know nowadays they have doctors on staff at the games and stuff like that but were you the go-to guy for that no, actually, back then we had our own uh, we had our own physician at uh, at each game, so uh, they did most of the suturing. Um, I I did one uh, stapling of uh, Brian Trache. Um, he uh, we were playing in uh, Madison Square Garden and, in a playoff game, and uh, so he was back and forth to the television after the game and everything. And all of a sudden he came in after the game and took off his hockey sock and he had cut his calf from a skate cut. So of course the doctor was gone, but, uh, he, you know, we carried all of the, uh, medical supplies for him as well. So they have a, a staple. They use staples now for a lot of the surgical procedures that they're doing. And so I just uh, pulled the uh, wound together, stapled it with the staple gun, and away Troche went. Never, never missed the game. <laughs> yeah, Ron, you you had I mean it's amazing you had front row seats to four Stanley Cup finals. I'm I'm curious to you know you watched a lot of good hockey. Um, what did you think of the guys uh, in the run up to the first cup? And what were some of the, you know, the things that you saw? What were the differences between the four cups? Well, I think, you know, the, 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 uh, the first cup was, uh, you know, every, the Islanders were a special group. Uh, they all got along. I, uh, you know, I, I had been up through the hockey uh, ranks playing and, and the year in the minors. Not everybody liked each other, but, you know, the Islanders were a special group. They they got along. They worked together. They worked hard, um, and uh, we had established uh, over the previous five years, you know, uh, a, a good group. Uh, they did a great job of uh, of uh, drafting. They did some very astute trades. Um, you know, the one that that probably set the uh, the tone for uh, was the Butch Goring trade because that took the the pressure off uh, Brian Trotche to be you know constantly the number one the number one center the number one power play you know Butchie stepped in he was a you know an excellent excellent hockey player and he he took us and gave us uh, you know a, a lot of of uh you know uh success the other thing that i saw in the first couple of years that i saw was the skill level of these guys unbelievable what they could do with a with, with a hockey stick and a puck uh dennis dennis potvan was you know he'd, he'd make certain passes and you'd go how did he do that you know you know and and that I think was the biggest difference between a, a professional and a collegiate player. They just their 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 individual skills were a lot uh, a lot more refined. 
And I think that, you know, and I think the other thing that helped the Islanders was there was no free agency back then. So you didn't lose anybody. Huge. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, you know, you go back and, you know, what if you lose a Trotje, a Bossy, uh, you know, a Billy Smith, the free agency? Well, and I think that's why I don't think anybody is ever going to win more than uh, a single year or a second year because uh, the money now is so, so much bigger and, uh, I don't know loyalty maybe isn't as as <laughs> no money talks as, as <laughs> I'll say it for you money talks now <laughs> yeah exactly and uh, so I you know I I think those those were the, the big things we we just kept getting better and better and better each year and uh, you know we we should have been in the uh, 1979 I think we we won the President's Cup that year but ended up losing I know that uh, I was in the league 10 years and we made the the Stanley Cup semifinals or better all 10 years oh shit yeah Yeah, and and we won 19 19 consecutive series which I don't know that the league anybody will do. Yeah, whether anybody will be able to do that or not. You know. Yeah. Rob, so. with uh, you know, you know, Rob, Rob mentioned that you had the front row seats of uh, you know back in the day when it was tough, gritty hockey. Um, you know, in my opinion, the best hockey. Uh, we kind of grew up in that old school era. Um, not quite that old, but uh, what's your take now on that? Um, um, old school style of play and compared to today's style of play. And um, do you think fighting will ever disappear from the sport of hockey? Uh, well, I think the game, the game, the game has certainly changed. Uh, I, I think uh, in my personal opinion, the, the worst thing they ever did was take the center line out of hockey. You know, the two line pass yeah. was, it made people be honest and there was more puck control. There was more, uh, you know, more attempts to get the puck into the zone by carrying the puck and, and not, you know, firing at the length of the ice, have a guy tip it and then go run the defenseman through the end of the boards. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's, it, it, it certainly is a different game. And, uh, back then, um, I think there was, they were a little bit more still skilled, you know, they weren't as big and strong uh, as some of the players are now because, you know, the game had changed back then. It was a skill game. Now it's, or it was, and I think they've gone back to uh, more of a skilled type player and, uh, like that Barzell kid, I watched a little bit of the game today. He is—he's one good hockey player. Yeah. But uh, you know, I don't think fighting will ever go away because you know there, there's still a lot of physicality in the game, and uh, you know, it ruffles feathers, and uh, you know, some some people think that it you know it invigorates uh, you know the home team or the the team that the guy starts the fight with. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, I don't think it'll ever go away, but uh, I'd sure like to see them put the, uh, put the red line back in and, and, and see, yeah, get, get rid of the, you know, make the two line pass uh, uh, illegal again. And let's see, let's see these skilled players, you know, do their thing. It was like when the Russians, when the Russians came over here, and uh, you know we got to watch them play, and it's just you know they, their individual skills were even better than our you know our kids, and you could see them weave and and you know stick handle and 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 make uh, individual plays where you know they would never dump it in. They'd 
they'd take it back all the way back to the goaltender and start up again. It was, it was really interesting. Listen, I can, we can barely make it through a podcast without me make, wanting to fist fight a couple of guys on this one, on this, uh, this show. <laughs> Ron, I actually, I graduated with your daughter, one of your daughters. And, um, I remember one time, maybe you probably weren't happy I was at your house, but I remember going down to your to your basement and saw the collection of your, you know, your uh, memorabilia that you've ob- obtained over the years. And I was like completely in awe. I mean, this was back in the day I was playing high school hockey on really good hockey teams in Canton. All that stuff. And I was like completely blown away. I was like, is this really reality right now? You know, am I, am I seeing what I'm seeing in Canton, New York? Uh, you know, like. So do you do you still have that uh, treasure chest, and where do you keep that to this day? Oh yeah, I still have it here uh, at the house. Uh, it's it's fading a little bit. Uh, the cups are a little tarnished, and uh, I, I still got some uh, some great pictures, and, and you know some of the one of the photographers for the team when I retired, he gave me a a, a great big album of of pictures of the team and the players and myself. And so I, yeah, I still have them and, uh, they'll go to the girls when it's time, but, uh, I'm going to hang on to them for a little while longer. I think. Yeah. You keep those for a bit. (laughs) Um, so I'm curious, Ron, you, you know, we're, we're just talking about fighting and you got to watch, you know, Clark Gillies, They, they coined him as, you know, the first power forward, you know, what was it like watching him clear, you know, clear people out? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, he was, I don't know, six, three, six, four, but he was two twenty five, two thirty, and could skate. And, uh, you know, he probably wouldn't tell you this, but he didn't like to fight. You know, he he just didn't like to fight because he knew he was bigger and stronger than most people. And there was only one or two players in the NHL at that time uh, that would would challenge him. Um, I I remember once Terry O'Reilly from the Bruins, they got into it two or three times during one playoff series. And but. no, Clark Clarky was just, uh, you know, he that whole line of Troche, Bossy, and Gillies. I mean, they just matched. You know, that Clarky went into the corners and uh, came up with the puck, and uh, Brian could get the puck uh, to Bossy, and Michael had the quickest release uh, of any player that I ever saw. He just. You know, the puck wasn't on his stick uh, very long, and it was uh, headed towards the net. When you score 50 goals every year that you play in the NHL, that's that's a pretty good uh, pretty yeah. good score. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know, they, they all contribute. You know, hockey hockey's a team game, and... Uh, you know, even the even the third and fourth lines uh, for the Islanders were competitive, and um, you know they they were hard workers. They they bought into my uh, training program that I brought to them. Um, we did a lot of off ice, uh, lightweights uh, during the season maintenance stuff. I was big on uh, cardiovascular exercise um i would take them off after the uh after practice and uh they do you know 20 to 30 minutes of uh, aerobic uh biking uh get their heart rate up uh, over 160 and they just got in great phenomenal shape and uh we were blowing teams away in the third period with just because of the fitness level that the guys bought into. Must uh, yeah, he, pass that on said, to Ramey Brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said you were uh, ahead of the time, uh, Ron, at the, uh, when we talked to Clark. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious, and I, I, I want to ask a separate question after this, but, um, you know, something Clark brought up, like he, he, he seemed to think that when they got some new stick technologies, 
um, you know, things really changed for them. Did you notice a difference um, when they got the new Titans? I mean, I don't know if you remember that far back, but um, he was telling us how the sticks were, you know, they were basically wood. And then they started yep. to get a little bit of fiberglass, a little bit of bend in them. Um, and you just said that, you know, when he shot with the new sticks, they just took off. And then, you know, yeah. they were passing the new sticks around to the guys. So did you notice a, a difference in the play? Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, the technology uh, got better, uh, you know, every year or two. You'd, they, stick companies would come out with new uh new fabrics or whatever you want to call it, new types of uh, materials. Yeah, and, you know, the the, the bend in it, uh, the uh, snap of, of the stick back. I mean, it was, it, it's, it, unfortunately for, for the common hockey player, you can't afford a $250 hockey stick like uh, like the boys in in the NHL, yeah. Uh, but the materials, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, it's you know, I I haven't used the uh, you know the newer ones. I probably probably gave up playing uh, when I first when I came back to St. Lawrence. I played a couple of games with the Potsdam uh, old timers and. Took one in the head, uh, took an elbow to the head. <laughs> I said, maybe I, maybe I better uh, relax and uh, just watch the game. <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't, I haven't seen it. But I, you know, I, I watched, you know, I watched the improvement and 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 again, the, the players nowadays and back then when we were uh, in our prime. Uh, they're getting bigger and stronger and that's translating into harder shots and, and, uh, you know, faster shots and faster releases. And yeah, the, the Islanders are playing pretty good right now. It's uh, nice. Yeah. To see it, right? yeah, it is. It's nice to see, uh, the, the new owners of the Islanders have been very, very, uh, supportive of uh of the team and the players and they realize what they've had to go, go through going to brooklyn and back to the coliseum and um they've uh they've made it a real uh like the old time islanders like it's it's a family it's it so i i can see the players are comfortable they're they're, they're relaxed and, and they are, they're, they're playing very well. Nice. And uh, once I get that new building, that, that should kind of cement the franchise again to, you know, to motivate them to play to their best. Well, that facility looks amazing. And, uh, you know, they said that they are, are looking to eliminate all the weights uh, for beer, all the weights for the bathroom and, and completely uh, modernize everything. So I'm I'm curious yeah. to see you know what kind of standard they set for new facilities. Yeah, yeah. should be good. <laughs> Ron, what did you, what was your uh, um, experience with the cops? Uh, I know everybody gets a day with a cop. Did you were you fortunate to get a day with the cop, and what did you do with it? Well, back then they wouldn't do that. You know, okay. back in the yeah, back in the eighties, I don't know when they started giving it to the players for a day and taking it, to, flying it to them. I I don't know who's even sponsoring that. But um, my story with the cup was the very first one. Um, you know, you, fans somehow got into the locker room, and uh, <laughs> you know, it was just jammed everything you know parents and girlfriends and wives and so finally after a little half hour 45 minutes it's a you know it's time to get out of here and party so i take the stanley cup and i lock it in my training room so without the stanley cup to party with everything kind of takes its its uh, turn and relaxes and People leave, players shower, coaches go do what coaches and GMs do. And they left the Stanley Cup. They forgot it. <laughs> Locked in your office. 
locked in my training room. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got uh, I've got my wife with me, and uh, we've got a an old uh, Dodge station wagon. So I got the Stanley Cup in the back seat of the car <laughs> with a with a with a blanket over it. <laughs> and we're tooling down the Long Island Expressway to Bill Torrey's house. <laughs> and of course, you know, I could have thought that it, some cop pulled me over and said, <laughs> what the hell are you doing with the Stanley Cup? But anyway, that was uh, the part of it. And then uh, the boys wanted to take it to Clark's, Clark's house and uh, Bill Torrey said again, okay, you guys can take it, but Ron's got to bring it to my house the next morning for a, a brunch. So I got to take the Stanley Cup home the first night we won it against Philadelphia, put it out on the picnic table in the backyard, had all the neighbors come over and get pictures and, and stuff like that, and then took the... Uh, took the cup over to uh to bill's house so that was my uh that was my one day after that we we never got to uh have it for a day or anything like that which was bad you know too bad but it it's a nice gesture for the for the players to to get that the players and coaches now i mean you still must remember like running out in the ice when they won the stanley cup those four times um, I think there's a picture in Appleton of you going out in the ice after the game. Um, yeah. Must have been pretty, yeah. pretty exciting. Oh, it was. It was, you know, it's fun. The players are, everybody's excited. They all get to skate with it. And uh, and it worked out that uh, the last person to uh, get the cup after all the players had skated around the rink was me. So I got <laughs> I got to take the cup off the ice and take it into the locker room. So that became a, a tradition. I did it all four years. That's so that was, that going. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was a good, it, it, it was a fun one. I mean, you know, it's a long, you know, a long season. You play 120 games and, uh, you know, you're, you're missing your family. You're on the road. You, you know, it, to be at the top of the uh, the top of the heap uh, and get to to hold that uh, that beautiful cup, uh, it, it was it was really uh, a great uh, feeling, and to do it four times. And Ron, if I'm not mistaken, you're in the Hall of Fame uh, for that, right? Yeah, we the, the athletic training uh, uh, society uh, has uh, a hall of fame, and we have a section in the uh, the hockey hall of fame in Toronto. So nice. I was yeah I was uh, elected uh, to be a member of the hall of fame, and I have a I have a plaque uh, in Toronto. Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. What the hell? Well, we did talk a lot about the Islanders, but I mean, you had such a stellar career with Joey Marsh um, with St. Lawrence and a lot of success there with him. Um, pretty good team that you guys had there. I mean, we watched St. Lawrence our whole childhood at Appleton, and you had some good runs there too. Had some great experiences with a pretty great career. Yeah, Joe was Joe was an excellent hockey coach, you know, and and a great man. I mean, just a great guy. You know, he he really cared about his players, and uh, you know, he he loved the game of hockey, and uh, you know, he surrounded himself with uh, with good players, both on and off the ice, and uh, he had a great career, and. Uh, I was very pleased to uh, to be able to work with him and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, help uh, make that program uh, what it what it is and what it was back then. Yeah, 
still giving back to the St. Lawrence community today at the golf course, right? How the uh, how's the handicap? Handicaps uh, still golf. <laughs> <laughs> more, yeah. of ailments, more of ailments no, it's, yeah it's, <laughs> with, with all the time I spent uh, helping uh, Mary Lawrence and uh, the crew out there after I retired uh, I should have gotten better but um, <laughs> you know, no, I'm doing the same thing down here I've got a, I got a little part time job over at one of the country clubs here uh in uh breweriesville i guess it's called and uh i work three or four days a week and uh get to hang out with the people and i get to play golf there for free so perfect that's Where's a little bonk what's that where are you at now oh i'm at uh in just outside of albany in oh, del mar yeah. new york okay del mar is that where the kids Delmar, are? Yeah. yeah, the girls are here. Uh, Laura came first. Uh, she uh, uh, is, uh, her husband works for IBM uh, at the University of Albany. They have a project thing there. And uh, Laura is a uh, counselor for special needs kids at uh, Bethlehem High School. And uh, Amy is a physical therapist, and she runs a home health care physical therapist here in um, in uh, Albany. And her husband works for um, Union College in their development office. So we were lucky. Uh, we came we moved down here to be closer to one of them and the other one showed up so <laughs> perfect we, it's nice we feel pretty lucky yeah yeah for sure well ron yeah. we really appreciate you coming on it's uh it's pretty cool to have somebody from Canada, new york with all those accolades and taking the time out of your schedule to come talk to the blue liners and uh you know we really appreciate it hey thanks very much guys it's always good to talk old-time hockey and and uh bring back bring back uh some really good memories and uh canton was a big part of my life uh i was thinking today i started uh playing hockey on the uh sheet of ice behind the old grammar school and uh i don't know it's probably the social services building yeah, now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they used to flood it every the hockey coaches, the fire department would flood it and then we got to go play it when Appleton was built. That's when I got that, that's when I got interested in hockey. It was a little warmer in Appleton than it was out in the <laughs> No question. Yeah. But Ken Ken was a big part of uh a big part of my life and uh I, I still miss all of the people up there. It's uh, it's nice to be close to your kids, especially at our you know at my age and my wife's age. And uh, but it it's still hard to leave uh, the old home. But thanks very much, guys. I appreciate it and uh, keep up the good work. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks so Ron. Ron. I really appreciate it. Big big uh, big honor. Thank you very much. Have a good all night. right. Bye bye. See All right, take care. All right, boys. It was uh, nice to talk to Mr. Ron Waski tonight, uh, somebody that we've known for a long time. Um, we've seen him around town where we grew up. Uh, I don't think we were really aware of the, his accomplishments when we were kids and what he actually did um, with the Islanders. It wasn't really talked about too much around town. You know, that was kind of he's kind of like a hidden gem that we had up there we didn't even know about. Uh, but to have four cups, uh, 10 years with the, um, with the Islanders and what do you say? Like pretty much every year they made it to the semifinals. That's just like unheard of shit, you know? Yeah. So that's, uh, it's pretty cool. And to be, to be able, I mean, he wasn't playing on the ice with these guys, but he was, he was experiencing those moments with those guys in almost the same way, you know, as the coaches did, as the players did <clears throat> in, in day in, day out practice. 
um, you know, every day with the team winning cups. I mean, you must feel like you're winning a cup, you know, I mean, it's not like just because you're not a player, you're, you're part of that team. And, you know, I, I remember from college pro, whatever, you know, your athletic trainer was a big part of the team. They were there with you every day. They were with you before practice, before games, after games, making sure you're all right. Um, so, I mean, they become part of your team. And a lot of people don't realize how close you become to those people because there's a lot of injuries in sports and that's who you turn to, to get, to get help. And for that person is getting you back to where you need to be to perform. So the integral part of uh, a player's success is how well they can get them prepared. And, you know, back then, like Ron talked about, he was basically the strength and conditioning coach as well, yeah. um, where nowadays they have more staff uh, to facilitate those kind of programs and the athletic trainers focus a little bit more on um, the medical side. Um, but when he was there, he was putting together the, the training programs. I think, Pat, you could probably use that at the nursing home, see if you can get the, them yeah. on that same kind of regimen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're right, Mark. I mean, this the staff is a, a integral part of the team, right? Even the equipment um, staff. Now in the NHL, they got three or four equipment guys that are at the rink hours before the game, setting up your equipment, drying your equipment. Each individual locker room um, space is set up, and then the guys shower and get on their uh, suits and they leave. And then you know the trainers got to. I mean, the uh, equipment staff has to bag up all that stuff, put it on dollies, take it out to the truck, load it onto the airplane. So that's a big part of the team. And you know, Ron was a big part of that team, maybe a little bit more than the equipment manager, but they're all there for one goal, and that's to win the Stanley Cup. And to me, if I was the trainer or the equipment manager or the doctor or whatever, um, host, you know, raising that Stanley Cup is the ultimate goal, right? And to do that, so definitely. On top part of, of that, that, now you have videographers, right? So it's, it's grown yeah. further. Right. And they're yeah. a big part of the team now, too. Um, a yeah. goal got called back last night um, because of uh, offsides. And you know damn well that the guy up in the booth was watching his little iPad and said, oh, man, that's an offsides. Challenge that call. He calls down to the bench. Yeah. The coach says, yeah, we're going to challenge that call. And lo and behold, the goal gets called back. So yeah. you know, the game has grown. It's it's much more sophisticated now. Um, the roles of these people is uh, of these guys are, you know, they're all integral pieces of winning these cups. Yeah. And, and that's just hockey. I can't even imagine football. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, you know, the um, respect that he must have had with the team that he was the person that took the cup at the, at the um, Stanley Cup finals and put, brought it back to the locker room those four years as a tradition. I mean, that shows respect from his teammates. Um, you know, Pat mentions the equipment guy, and it just brought me back to my days playing indoor. And that guy was working, like, before you showed up at the rink, he was there way before we were. You went to your stall, your jersey was hanging there, you know, your name was on the locker, all that kind of little tiny things to make you feel special when you got into that locker room. You'd go over, there was a table with the gum, there's a table with coffee, there's, you know, all this little stuff that he put out for you to make you comfortable and to make you feel special when you walked into that locker room and you had your own little stall with your jersey and your name on it and um, all your shit set up. And those type of things that go that get taken for granted. Um, yeah. But I think back of the player's mind, they understand what those guys do for the team. And, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and, and not only that, but to, to hear how Clark Gillies, um, you know, the power forward, four-time Stanley Cup, you know, man, the myth, the legend, to hear how he has, you know, he clearly had admiration for Ron when he was talking about Ron and, uh, you know, the services that, that he was providing. And um, to hear him say, you know, Ron was pretty much a pioneer in those days, you know, just like Mark said, you, you could tell they had respect for him. And then yeah. for him to be the last guy to carry the cup off four years in a row, you know, you don't want to break that cycle. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Superstitious <laughs> for sure. That's right. All right, boys. Well, that was a great interview. Um, can't really say too much more about Ron. What, a, what an accomplishment. And I hope that uh, people listening to this back in Canton uh, get a little perspective on what he's done with his career and how uh, how awesome it was. Um, yeah. 
we can get into a little bit of what's going on. We obviously have the big NHL playoffs happening now. Uh, big win for the Flyers today, just happening uh, hours ago. Um, overtime, the, the Islanders actually came back in that game to to bring it to overtime. I think they scored. They're up three nothing. Yeah, up three nothing. Um, Flyers, uh, Flyers, Flyers are up three nothing. They came back, uh, bringing it to three three. I think with two minutes left in the game. Uh, a sick shot to tie the game. Uh, really nice goal. Flyers. And then, yep. you know, a grinding goal and, and over, quickly in overtime got the Flyers to win, which is a much needed win for them with the way the Islanders are playing. Um, you know, I think that Islanders club has got something going right now. And I think the Flyers better figure something out because they, they should have won that game three, one, you know, maybe three, two, but to bring it to overtime, that shows what the Islanders could do in a short period of time. Well, and yeah, Adam I mean, was right. When I was watching, you know, there's a lot of high caliber players, but Matthew Barzell is, you know, Matthew. he's like a McDavid. He, he stands out. You know, he just looks like he's gliding and he's, you know, he's moving past people. Um, he's just yeah. a, an exceptional player. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's, just, that's a good series. and I mean, all, all series are you know, one, one, I believe, except the uh, Avalanche and Dallas series, which Dallas is up to nothing, which is just, I think, blowing three of the guys here, me, Mark and Derek, uh, <laughs> are picking the Avalanche to uh, win the cup. But uh, yeah, all the series, Vancouver, Canucks, uh, Vancouver came back and won, tied that series up, you know, Vegas is looking strong, Boston and Tampa, I think everyone in the hockey community is watching that. That's a huge game. Um, but yeah, the Islanders and Flyers too. Four really good series. Um, it's really good. I haven't had a chance to watch too much. I watch a little bit here and there at night, but uh, um, that's huge. Is one big news in the uh, um, NHL that maybe some people don't know is that the NHL announced sanctions on the Coyotes for violating combine testing. Um, just wanted to mm -hmm. put that in there. I guess the Coyotes were um, testing uh, players outside of the combine. Uh, potential prospects or they own their prospects. And uh, um, so that was something they lost, they lost like, uh, I guess their second round. Yeah. Second round pick this season. And then their uh, first, first round pick in the 2021 NHL draft. So yeah. And that, they already, they already gave up their first round pick with Taylor Hall too. So they're yeah. potentially three picks that they don't get. And that's so stupid, man. They, they know the rules. I mean, why yeah. would they do shit like that? You know, that just seems crazy. Yeah. Just setting, a, setting a, an example, you know, you can't be doing that. So, um, yeah. But yeah, and I, I like uh, I, I like the the Canucks series. I mean, Pedersen right at the beginning of the game last night, uh, wraparound, just missed, and they stuck the goal. They had two goals early. Um, the Quinn on uh, defense, Quinn Hughes, is, is just phenomenal. Um, I just don't know. I mean, people realize how good that kid is. Yeah. That and, and uh, Toffoli coming back last night was, was pretty big. He uh, had a goal right off the bat. So, you know, getting him back, getting him on the boards in his first game, um, you know, it's huge for him, uh, huge for Vancouver. Um, I, for some reason, I, I just don't like Vancouver. Um, I, I he he scored seven seconds um, back into his first game. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, they're good. They're playing well. Good for them. But I'm I'm hoping, uh, you know, they get beat. Yeah. And, you know, back to the uh, um, Colorado and Dallas series, which is unbelievable. I'm not to start staying up and watching that. But Nathan McKinnon has a point, one point on all five um, goals that Colorado, you know, the Avalanche have scored. Um, so he's, you know, he's doing everything he can, he said. But uh I mean, he's, they, you expect more of Nate McKinnon or um, that whole Avalanche team. You know, maybe they'll come back, but uh, um, hasn't really been enough for them to come ahead. And I thought, I actually thought the uh, um, Avalanche were going to steamroll Dallas. So um, it's been a, that's a, a really, um, really big uh, exclamation point for me. I'm still. I'm not convinced Colorado's out. I, I think they can still turn this around, but wow, they're, they're yeah. put themselves in a hole and it's going to be tough to dig out, but you know, no Kale McCarr yet. You know, McKinnon yeah. is, 
McKinnon is uh, on fire. He's playing well. Where's Ranton and where's McCarr? Where's, where's the boys? Yeah. We need to have some more points. I was scored 10 to 5. So Colorado's, uh, our Dallas is doing something right there. And that speaks for goalies, too. So, Audrey, yeah. he's been quiet, too. I mean, the, the Colorado still has, I think Colorado can still take it to game seven. They can still overcome this. I'm not willing to say Colorado is out yet. But, uh, yeah. This, uh, not, a, not a good place to be. Uh, what, about. what I was saying, I think, sorry, Mark, I just want to say that I, McKinnon has a point on all five goals. So he, he's, he's got a three goals and two assists against Dallas. That's what I was trying to say. I mean, he's doing what he, he he's doing all he can, but he needs some he of is. these guys to pull. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it sounded like I was saying he wasn't doing anything. He is, but he needs his teammates to step up. It's another scenario like McDavid out in Edmonton. He can't do it all. McKinnon can't win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I was just going to say, speaking of seven-game series, uh, that Boston Lightning game, if it goes to seven games, they're going to play seven games in ten days. Um, and they're going to have two back-to-backs. So tonight's a back-to-back, and they're going to have one more back-to-back uh, if it goes seven games. So seven games, ten days, it's only like a three-day off um, in that span. So that's going to be a test of uh, injuries and, um, you know, endurance. Yeah. What uh, What did you guys think of Bogey's goal last night? Unbelievable. Oh, I mean, everyone that's been talking crap about him and then he sucks and he's a pylon, I just wanted to spread that on social media with two middle fingers up. Like, what else do you want him to do? I mean, he's older. Um, he's pretty solid. I don't know why people say he's a pylon. I don't see. I know to say he sucks of. is you know it's just out of base. It's not. It's out of bounds. He clearly does not suck. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he showed some offensive prowess last night. I mean, he split the D, made a ridiculous diving pass across the ice for the, for that sick goal. Um, you know, he's been playing good D at the blue line. He's a tough guy. He's gritty. He's in the corner. So beat the shit out of anybody. Um, I love the playoff beard. I love that he's massive and he's, you know, one of the old school, big ass defensive guys. Um, no fucking half shield uh, on his helmet, you know. He's been in the league long enough to uh, surpass that rule. I mean, I just like everything about him. I love his style of play. Uh, you know, it's just there's haters up in Buffalo just because, you know, they can't figure, figure out how to put a team together. And, te- and players leave there and have success elsewhere, and, um, you know, they get butt hurt. Yeah, yeah. and that's clearly what's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo and the Sabres are in a, you know, they're just a mess right now and so are the fans the fans are yeah just crazy i see toronto's already doing some dealings they've traded some players multi-players uh with the pittsburgh penguins two teams that uh, should be doing more than they are um have already started uh moving people around um, yeah Kapanen, he went to the penguins so a lot of stuff going on but uh, six yeah, six players is he worth six, six players, players? <laughs> The Penguins have been one of those teams. I mean, we're just saying, when's, when's the rebuild coming? You know, you have your superstars. They got rid of Kessel, um, Malkin, Crosby, um, Latang. Uh, they have some good players, Murray and Nett, um, but they just haven't been able to perform in the playoffs uh, the last few years. So I think it's time to split that team up a little bit. Maybe, yeah. like I talked about before, you got to deal one of those big names. Maybe it's time to deal Malkin and get a couple of young bucks to revive that team. Um, you know, I'm not a GM, but I just see that that team needs to make a change because they're not doing it. Even they added Zucker, you know, big deal. He's a decent player. Um, it's, I just, just think they need to do more. Yeah. yeah he, he wasn't the answer to their problems uh, for sure. I mean, he's a, he's a solid, he's a solid player, but he's definitely not the answer to the, I do know the answer is the perfection line for the Bruins, though, man. They've just been producing Costa back, uh, producing right away, Marchand producing. Uh, just Bergeron. Bergeron, I mean, the, they've just been – there they are again, you know, just like last year. They, they stepped it up in the playoffs. And, you know, we talked about it before. you got to get more out of the third, fourth line. You know, Coyle stepped it up. They have Crawley, a, a few other guys that, you know, they're, they're stepping it up too, but – if you got guys like that first line with, uh, I think Pasta has 95 points now, um, you know, just 
massive numbers. You need those guys in the playoffs um, to produce, you know, Kucherov on the other side of it. And then just like you talked about with Colorado, um, these guys are the guys that are supposed to produce in the playoffs, just like in baseball, Mr. November. Um, these guys got to be, uh, what is it, August? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. August, Mr. August, Mr. September. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, I mean, it's cool, guys. I'm, I'm really enjoying watching the uh, the playoffs. I know Derek uh, isn't as in tune with no fans, but they pump a little noise in. It just helps a little bit. But, um, you know, when you're watching on TV, you, you really focus on the fans too much. We're seeing great hockey, um, overtime yeah. games, high-scoring games. I mean, we talk about uh, Islanders 4-3, um, you know, the the Avs putting up seven goals in their last two games. I mean, most of these games is they're they're not one nothing, you know. So we're seeing a lot of action, a lot of penalties. I mean, I wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, you know, I think it was back when we were watching the Minnesota series. Um, the penalties were just crazy. The amount of penalties that Outrageous. they were just, and it was like let them fucking play, swallow the whistle. It's the playoffs. I understand this bullshit during regular season. You know, you want to let them, uh, you know, clutch and grab. You're calling everything, the trips, the slashes, all the bullshit. Yeah, sure, fine. But in the playoffs, it's different hockey. You let them play. In any sport, the ref has to swallow the whistle when it's like do or die time. You know, let yeah. them play. Let the little shit go because if it's not going to make a difference in the game, do you really need to call it? You know, if it's a guy that, you know, touches his stick in the corner and his stick breaks, is it a fucking slash? I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? Is it, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that, Mark. The slashing drives me absolutely insane. I would say if someone slashes a player and the stick breaks, all right, throw the hand up, throw him in the box. But if he just hits his stick, they call it a slash. I mean, aren't you supposed to go for their stick? I mean, well, what what makes me what what kind of confuses me and kind of makes me mad when I see these penalties is. They're not calling the cross checks to the face, the back, the neck. They're not calling those, but they call the tap to the stick. Like, yeah. let's get some shit uh, prioritized here. Cross check to the neck is a penalty. <laughs> tap on the stick, uh, you know, you got to use discretion. Yeah, I mean, I just like to see it in the playoffs. I would like to see them let them play a little more. Let them, let them be uh, hockey players and decide the game, not the rest. You know, to give yeah. a team a fucking – uh, power play with five minutes left in the game when it's, uh, you know, they're up by one for a questionable call. That's bullshit. They score on that power play. That's fucking bullshit. You know what it I mean? That, that, team does not deserve, that goalie does not deserve to get peppered at the end of the game because there's a lot of tension already. Um, and we saw it tonight. The Islanders actually got a power play um, right at the end of the game. It was tied up 3-3. They called a penalty um, with like a minute and a half left. So, uh, I, I just don't don't like that. I mean, that's obviously they can't change the way they call the game just for playoffs. But I mean, in sports, we do see that. Even in football last year, you saw the refs not calling all the the little tiny shit on uh, the pass interference and stuff like that because um, they're yeah. trying to let them play. Yeah, one thing, touch, one thing I wanted to touch on to get your boys' opinion before we go is uh, torts. Is seeing torch with the media. I mean, what is his issue? Like, he got fined what twenty five thousand dollars for getting up and leaving um, the media questions, which is part of his job. He's supposed to sit after games and answer. But we all know his answers are so. It's the last one one question he'll say no. Yeah, yeah. And someone asked him a question. I forget the hockey writer. Someone from the hockey writers asked him a question, and he just got up and walked. Well, and, and for, there, there is a part of me that kind of uh, I can feel for him. He, yes, he it's part of his role, right? He's supposed to sit there and talk. Yeah. To him. He doesn't have to justify his decisions to somebody with a microphone. I'm sorry. He doesn't, at least in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean, give him some space. Let him process that loss and, and then ask him some questions. He's I think right now. I mean, the way Bill Belichick addresses the press is a yeah. little bit in a similar way, uh, but he does address them and gives them some kind of dry answer. <laughs> I think the, the one-word answers that Torts gives are kind of ridiculous uh, and borderline childish. Um, yeah. You know, you're putting that role, you're a coach. As a coach, you're, you're 
you have to address the media. Once you get a C on your jersey, you have to address the media. That's part of your role as a team to talk to the camera after every game, win or lose. Um, you know, and if I think a player acted like that, I think they would be hearing from somebody um, to yeah. you know, give some answers and stuff. And I don't know. For sure. I mean, it's it's a tough tough one. I'm obviously the coach. It's kind of what he's known for now, the media. And I think he's just being a little stubborn about it. Um, just telling him, fuck you. Exaggerating. Yeah, exaggerating a little much on his short answers. Yeah, definitely. But we, we're going to be into the next shit by the next week, man. We're going to be pretty close, if not uh, into the next round of this uh, Stanley Cup playoff. So, um you know, it's, it's happening quickly, boys. We're eliminating teams fairly quick. It's going faster than I thought. And, um, you know, what's, let's just, uh, what is the timeline for these guys for next season? I mean, Pat, you're a little bit more in the know. You were hanging out with some NHLers this weekend playing golf. I mean, do, have they talked a little bit about next season or, you know, like I know you're with Greenways on a contract, um, you know, is he going to have to negotiate that soon? I mean, how long do they have before they need to finalize some of this stuff? Yeah, it's not really uh, – I asked actually a couple, both the guys that I was golfing with uh, about when they are supposed to get back, and they, it's kind of up in the air. They don't really know. I, I think it was November they, or the end of September, November, what they're kind of hinting at. Um, but uh, they don't really know how it's all going to play out. And, uh, Honestly, everything is so hazy right now. When would they normally be going back? Uh, I want to say September they have to report. Um, I, I want to say I heard somewhere December um, is what they were thinking. The end of November, December, um, not really sure. Yeah, it should be interesting because they're going to have to tie up a lot of loose ends in a short period of time. And a lot of the guys that are on these contracts, are they going to hold out and uh, are they going to show up at training camp? Because that window is going to be a lot shorter. It should be interesting to see what happens. Uh, But anyways, we're going to have a lot of hockey and we're not going to wait too long because we waited uh, for this whole COVID shit. Uh, Do we have guests lined up for next week yet, Patrick, or are we uh, still waiting for that? Still waiting on some guests. Um Trying to uh, line up Matt Dumbo. Maybe we can get him on. Um, I had a few other guys that I forget that were uh, kind of out yeah. there. We'll the work on that. We'll have some good guests. But uh, I'm going to take a, a minute to just uh, shout out to some of our sponsors real quick. Um, we, we definitely want to take a second to uh, j- just talk about Manscaped. Um, you know, they have the state-of-the-art state ball trimmer. Your balls are going to thank you. Each of us have them. Um, they, they are nice. I haven't cut my yeah. you know, my sack since I, I started using it, which is <laughs> cut down uh, on the If anybody has ever shaved, you know how you know how bad it hurts to cut your balls. And if you haven't, get into 2020, you motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, you get over to, head over to Manscaped. Use the code BLH20 for 20% off plus free shipping uh, in the U.S. and Canada. Yeah. December December 1st is the start of the 2021 season. Just looked it up. December 1st. Okay. Um, For the listeners in Raleigh, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to our Carolina Warriors hockey program. Um, They're open and available to any veteran that's interested in participating. If you don't know how to skate, if you used to skate, if you want to play hockey, if you just want to be involved, um, with some veterans, uh, go to carolinawarriorshockey.com. Uh, the guys over there are great. Um, I, I know them. I skate with them. They're good guys. Uh, talk to them. Um, they, they'd love to have you come join. Uh, Joe CB Scrim Printing uh, here in Raleigh. Uh, they just okay. gave us a new batch of shirts. Um, if you are you know, looking for some uh, decent shirts for a good price, Head over to JoeCBScreenPrinting.com for some uh, shirts. Sure. Uh, I'm going to take a, another one to shout out to Branded Bills. The custom lids are sick. Uh, we have some uh, Blue Line Hockey Club. They got the leather patch on the front with our logo. They are top-notch hats. If you like Branded Bills custom hats, get over to Branded Bills. Uh, they've got sick hats. I, I highly recommend it. 
secondstringleather.com. Uh, if you like high quality hockey gear, uh, they refurbish leather uh, goalie pads, gloves, blockers. They take that equipment and they uh, make uh, hockey apparel, wallets, watches, keychains, you name it. The, the hockey, they are sick. Uh, so give them a shot. Uh, secondstringleather.com. Um, a couple more. I'm sorry. I'll hurry up. Uh, Ultimate Hockey Fan Cave. Our friends out in Victoria, British Columbia. Um, you know, not much more to say there. Everybody probably knows about these guys already. But if you don't, uh, UltimateHockeyFanCave.com. They have uh, the best man cave or fan cave um, for watching hockey. I mean, everything in there is custom uh, made. He knows and has met every NHL piece in his place. Um, so it, it's super cool. If you like hockey, you're going to love the shit that you see at Ultimate Hockey Fan Cave. Belfour Spirits. Belfour Spirits is uh, some really good whiskey, uh, rye whiskey. Uh, what are some of the other whiskeys that they got? Bourbon. Bourbon. Um, it's a uh, pecan, uh, Asian smoke. Well, yeah. Yep. So really tasty whiskey. Um, it's, uh, catching fire in the United States or heading to Canada soon. Um, you can go to belfourspirits.com to find out where you can get it in the U S right now. The last one is the Clark Gillies foundation. Shout out to the Clark Gillies foundation in long Island. Uh, those old horny, uh, guys in, in long Island. <laughs> So, uh, perfect. Thanks, thanks for everybody. the rundown. Uh, and thanks for all the yeah, corporate sponsors yeah. that we have here at the Blue Line Hockey Club. We really appreciate the support. Uh, we hope our fans of the Blue Line Hockey Club get out there and buy some of your products because we love them here and we were using them all on a daily basis. All right, boys, we had another great interview with Ron Waski. And if you want to check that out on our YouTube channel, do that for sure. You can see our ugly mugs and watch the whole show. Also, our Twitter, social media, uh, Facebook. Instagram, all that good stuff. Follow us on there and check us out for uh, Blue Line Hockey Club for all of our past and future podcasts. All right, boys, until next time, keep your stick on the ice. Booyah! Twino! No, doctor! Meow! Keep your head up.